2: Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 <laughs> nah. nah. I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Scene2Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales, And you can watch us each week on YouTube. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcast players. We hope you enjoy the episode. So after all of last week's excitement... My GT3 now been delayed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. I got an email from uh, Russell at Porsche Guildford. So it's not been built at all? No. So I think a bit of a communication error between the factory and, and my dealership, Porsche Guildford, which, you know, these things happen. Uh, apparently, the dealers, and maybe you know more about this, the dealers can see your sort of timeline a lot better than I can. We talked before about my Porsche and the updates I get there, but they're very limited. Supposedly, the dealer has a bit more of an insight in terms of where your car's at. Correct. So the last update I had from him was, "Oh, mate, the car's going to be rolling off the production on a Monday. How excited! Let's get planning. What we're going to do. When you're going to come and collect it." So I was like, "Woo!" And that's why I mentioned in the podcast. Oh, got it's a bit ready. excited. And then uh, I sent him some dates to check, you know, as to when I could come and will the car be there already. And I'm in the country at this point. And he went, "Oh, I've I've just logged back on, and here we go," uh, he said. I've just been looking at the progress of your car and it looks like the completion date has gone back a couple of weeks. I don't know why this is at the moment, but my best guess is it had a delay around the paint as the car doesn't seem to have moved past the body shop. New completion date is early November, meaning that I think we'll get your car end of November or early December. I can tell you what's happened. Go on.
3: So it is maybe the paint. I doubt, I mean, they should have the paint in because they'll they can, they make the paint, <laughs> they'll, they'll make the paint up. It is a paint sample colour. Just it's a, a, so fair. it's a standard, you know. So... They've either painted the car wrong, and it's not come out properly, so they've got to start again and repaint it, because obviously it's Porsche quality control, and um, they'll make sure it's bang on, because they are normally bang on. Or, I suspect, which I've heard a lot of recently, not just from Porsche as a manufacturer, uh, uh, all the manufacturer, there's a parts problem.
2: Yes, so I'm actually with you with both uh, conspiracies um. or theories <laughs> um, my first thought was right paint a sample colour they must have got something wrong or yeah quality control came out so they're not happy put it back through some, it's dropped back down the line I guess to go back through the paint shop once again but prior to my initial updates from Russell and from Porsche Guilford, I was saying from quite a few people that their cars were getting delayed because of another parts issue. I'm sure we talked about it briefly on this podcast. People were saying, oh, you know, some of these things, I got calls saying, oh, I can't have the lights anymore, I can't have the seats I wanted, or whatever it might be. And I was kind of waiting for an update. So when I got the initial call that, oh, the car's going to be built on Monday, or roll off the production on a Monday, I was like, oh, wow, that's worked out well. So I'm not entirely surprised It doesn't really mess me around too much because I think, like I mentioned last week, I've got a crazy end of the year. So logistically, it kind of helps me to be towards the end of November, early December. It does mean my initial first drive video might be quite cold and damp, but that was always going to be the risk collecting my car
1: at well you never
2: drive fast enough to really worry about
3: cold and damp anyway i mean you might as well pick it up in the snow it'll make no difference to you that'd be lovely actually (laughs) you've got (laughs) the same speed in the
2: snow you're doing the drive i know good point i still enjoy it it's about the emotion of the drive tony yeah so it doesn't faze me at all i will i guess start to not get concerned but start to be a bit like if i get another delay at the beginning of november if he's like oh i've just checked on It's still not being built. It's still not past the body shop. It's now saying beginning of December. But I think that's all right, mate. I mean, why
3: do you want to take delivery of a supercar or a super sports car in the middle of winter? I mean, let it roll into next year. Because of my business, Tony.
2: (laughs) Whoa, I'm i sorry I have, ladies and gentlemen you'd have to hang on no but I have so many plans in place for the end of this year and next year a lot of them travel related but also that revolve around that car and right. specific events and places I want to go and things I want to do that look I, I can be flexible of course but it can. will be annoying if it keeps getting delayed you know that <sighs> I'm still alright as, as we are but as I say if it starts to get pushed back into early next year well, like, there's times where I'm going to be like well, when am I going to get this car like, anyway yeah it is what it is. Yeah. So after, yeah, say so last week's big, like, woohoo, it's coming. It's still coming, just just a bit later. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. But on our kind of uh, speculation that maybe it's a parts-related issue, I can add fuel to that fire because today, as of the day of recording, the new Carrera T-Disc got launched. Yeah, I saw it this morning, yeah. So I sort of half tried to tease that a few weeks ago when I did the GT4 RS video because yeah. uh, as I collected that car,
3: Waste of time, Carl, that is, but okay.
2: Are you mad? No. I what? didn't like the old career T, did I? Did
3: you not? Oh, no, it's pointless, Carl. Why is it pointless? It's just an end of a run. It's like, it's, it's Porsche just saying, well, we need to get rid- well, maybe not get rid of all these parts, because they probably ain't got none. <laughs> we need to try and make a final, final run of something. Let's just clog a load of crap together, make it a little bit lighter, and, and we're basically it's a Carrera S. So, or, or a worse GTS.
2: But it's neither. It's actually neither. It's, well, it can't it's a be neither. It's a better Carrera, is what it is. Right, and a worse GTS. No, it's not even close to being a GTS. Like, it's nowhere near being a GTS. You've you got to think of it, right? Hold on a sec, because you can't come into this... <laughs> sacred hallowed space and poop on the Carrera T. It's like me saying the is the worst Ferrari they've ever well, made. Well, no, that's not... That It's that, a that, spare parts that, car. That they had a 488 and they went, oh, well, we've got some parts left over from the challenge car. Let's just bolt them onto a 488, call it a Pista and let idiots with no hair buy it.
3: That That is like the worst comparison <laughs> i have you know. ever come across because <laughs> you are so peculiar in that respect because you just bring up, try and bring something and no one makes any sense and they all go in on you, mate, because they realise no. that you're I know, flapping. I know, I'm flapping, but the c- Pista is the equivalent to a GT3 RS. I know, I run. know. I was just so trying to
2: wind you up, but you're not winding me up. I know, it's I'm not, not comparable. Can we come back to the clarity? Of course, because you you need to understand better what it is. Firstly, I yes. know what it is. No, g- no, I agree. A marketing, <laughs> a marketing, uh, it's a complete ripoff. No, 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 it's not. No, <laughs> because I think with the 992 generation, it's way more relevant than R- the 991. And why? Because. For the 992 Carrera, you can't have manual, you can't have PASM, you can't have rear wheel steer, and you can't have the vectoring, I think. Anyway, there's a lot of options which you specifically cannot have on the Carrera. And when I drove that base A 911, the no optioned base 911 Carrera. Loved it. At the start of the year, adored it. Loved it. But I said it would be a little bit, better if it was just if I could take a couple of the driver's options right yeah PASM being one lower the suspension a bit uh, sorry lower the ride height a bit you know just a few things that just sharpen it up right Well, now we have Carrera T right so it sits between but definitely below Carrera S you go 911 Carrera Carrera T Carrera S Carrera GTS right so I bet the, it won't sit below by the time you spec it up. Price-wise, I spec'd one up this morning, around 112 grand. Right, so it's above a G. Yeah. It's above, it's above an S then. It's eight and a half grand more than an S. Right. So, so it's below it then. No, no, I'm just talking about performance and usability and all that kind of stuff. It won't I'm not be talking faster about price. than an S. No, 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 definitely not faster than an S. No, so definitely what are you not. talking about performance then? No, no, I said not performance. I'm talking about price. I'm talking about... Pri- uh, I'm, talking, uh, I'm talking about... Okay, performance. You don't really you what you're talking no, no, about. No, no, no. Oh, I'm talking about where you position them in your head. <laughs> right. So where
3: you position it is is under an S, but it comes over an I S. I meant
2: power. Because it's less power than an S mate. Yeah, it's less everything. It's less everything. It's so, worse. No, the was w- more money. Only way to have a career T. The only way to have a career <laughs> T <laughs> is the full lightweight option. This is why I think I didn't end up keeping my car. Right. You've got to have bucket seats, rear wheel steer, no rear seats, lightweight glass, like everything. Just take every lightweight option because then what you get is a really, really nice and engaging sports car. Fair. A, a
3: If you do that, by the way, in a Carrera T, it will become awfully close to a 911 GTS in terms of price. So you get a worse car for similar price, and we have both said you particularly that the GTS is probably the best nine eleven in the range because it's an everyday GT three. So if you want a stripped out, (laughs) yes, you did. If you want a stripped out, no compromise car, you buy a GT three. Why do you want a Carrera T with a
2: stupid turbo engine in it? I questioned whether the GTS could be more applicable on most roads. I don't think I particularly said or validated I would have a GTS over a GT3 because I've bought a GT3 not a GTS so that would be a bit of a weird thing for me to come out and say but I've asked as to whether maybe it's a bit more road compliant etc etc. It is. The difference is as I say the Carrera T in my mind only makes sense now okay actually because you can get the GTS these days with the lightweight package Yes, but that is going to be that'd be more money 30 grand more I think than a Carrera T and for me the appeal is the low power, is the back-to-basics 911. Right. You know, that's the thing with the Carrera T, is that it's it's quite nice having that power, that setup, that weight, with the manual gearbox in a light form. It, it feels simplistic. And when you say low power, it's 400? 400, per... It's 380.
3: 380, it?
2: yeah. Right. Made a mistake there, didn't you? No. Ready no, to no, go no. in, weren't you? No, no, I won't no, really. No, I won't no, really no. Spare mm-hmm. at all, because
3: the standard... What's the standard... Uh Carrera S is it is it 450 then standard one? And I think the other ones are 480 the, the, the GTS. GTS? Yeah. Uh
2: let's have a quick look. The
3: problem is, mate, as well, let's be serious now. Porsche's in general
2: 473 the GTS. Right.
3: The, in general, compared to all the other sports cars out there or supercars, they are underpowered Porsche, but they're not just about you know, there's there's a saying, Porsche power. So I don't really buy that argument. Oh, it's less power. It's three hundred and eighty because the GTS and the S and the Turbo S they all put the power down all the time. So I, I, I don't really get that. It's a bit. I think the Carrera teammate genuinely, like I thought the previous car, is just a marketing car. It's like who gives a toss about it.
2: Well, I would have one in a heartbeat
3: right, if, well, I, well, if I didn't have the GT3. GT3 3, if
2: I didn't have the GT3, kind right. of an antagonistic prick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm just speaking facts. <laughs>
2: no, it's fact. I I don't disagree that it's a marketing move by Porsche. But isn't every model? Why don't they just make one 911? Because they won't make any money. Well, there you go. Right, but it's so, not
3: marketing, though. It's a business, mate. Well, the, and the clarity things. is a
2: business. They'll know they'll sell them to people like me. Co- I would... <laughs> uh, oh, no, you bought a GT3. Of the standard non-GT products 911s, I would have the clarity. Right. That's that's all I'm saying. I wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. Uh, anyway, let's move on, because this is not a Porsche special. Oh, that's true. Um, this is actually our updated kind of... EV slash future mobility episode, because it's it's been a while since we've done one of these. I like EV. And, and, (laughs) that's a lie. Oh. And we haven't spoken about the subject for a while, and a lot of things have happened, well, I think personally and industry-wise, so we've got a lot to catch up on. Right. First things first, I want to kick off with the fact that I'm here today, or I've driven here today, in an electric car. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm surprised you're here. I'm here in a Mercedes, bear with me. A Mercedes EQS fifty three AMG formatic Plus maybe is there a plus is there a plus at the end? Well, the, there, there could be a plus. The, there is there is such a thing as a plus Merc, yeah. A formatic Plus. The, the plus is the um,
3: the the spec level basically.
2: Oh no, so it's an like EQS. So, or or maybe it's not an electric car, but in a, in a yeah no formatic Plus. Yeah, something to do with the four wheel drive. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. E, official name is e, oh yeah no EQS anyway oh, so hell. what's 53 brake horsepower or no, is it so the, just to throw that in it, it, it's to this is the first main production electric AMG there, there was that SLS, do you remember that SLS electric? It's yes, called like the E-Cell or the E-Drive, yeah, something yeah. like that. They only made like nine of them. Yeah. Very cool. It was really ahead of its time. Um, but we've got the EQS, and I think they, there's an EQE, engine now as well. But this is, yeah, Merck and AMG saying, well, look, we're pushing towards the future. And, and now, for our big executive saloon, i.e. S-Class, there's no longer an S63 AMG. We've got the EQS AMG. And so the 53 part is just a badge, just like with the C63. It's not actually a 6.3 litre anymore. So it's just a badge to make it familiar within the Merck lineup. Um, but it is, yeah, as I say, the, the souped up AMG version of their top line executive saloon electric vehicle, the EQS. How much is it? <laughs> £160,000. It's more than the Taycan. Yes, so... Oh dear. It's huge, let me just say. Yeah. It's huge. I haven't seen it. It's downstairs, but I, I didn't see it, so. But it is probably a Taycan Turbo rival. That's probably where, where it's positioned. I know price-wise I agree.
3: Well, it's Turbo S rival.
2: Yeah, sorry. It's Turbo S rival. The yeah. the power, I think you can get one which has got over 700 horsepower. I think my version's got six-something. It won't be as 900 fast 900 newton metres of torque. It won't be all as fast to take in. No chance. Um, It's massive. Yeah. In my mind, it's a bit of a weird one because it's the EQS. Mm. You have to think of it, I think, like an S sixty three, right? Or oh, okay, fine, maybe an S sixty five, but but it's an AMG S class. So could, this is not pay or a No, it's a huge saloon. No, as I right. say, this is this is an S class. Right. Think of it as an S class. It's a big executive saloon. So S class is gone now, is it? No, no, S Class still exists, but right. think of it this is the electric S class, EQS. Right. But but they're the still made the combustion e, one. Which is alongside the E class. Right. Okay. So just um, anything Mercedes electric is EQ. Got, EQA, yeah. EQC, EQ. Yes. We've so got the EQS. So immediately you have to think of it like that. The Taycan, obviously, is a more sporting. I don't know. You would think of it more, well, size wise, it's more like C sixty three than S saloon. Like what I'm trying to say is this is not an all out sports car. This is an amg executive saloon. Right.
3: I'd I'd put the Taycan in a
2: uh, e class bracket. Okay, n- not so a like C an class. E. We're trying to make really weird comparisons here, but a Taycan is like an E sixty three or an E, you know, an E yeah, yeah. estate is what yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Fine, I totally get that. So yeah, so the EQS e AMG, it's still, it's never going to be able to shrug away the fact that it's a big executive saloon car. Right. Um, but they've done proper AMG treatment, which is kind of cool, I guess. They've reworked the batteries and the motors, and they've changed the suspension, and there's lots of elements. It's not just a marketing gimmick like the T, So they've done some proper work to it and you get sort of different things, different settings within the menus and things like that. I spent all of yesterday using the car, using the EQS part of the car, not the AMG part. I had to drive up to Yorkshire for a meeting. Oh. So I was just cruising. There and back. There and back. So it's a 450 mile round trip, eight and a bit hours in the car. Oh dear. Now the range on the car, according to the internet, is something just over 300 miles on 100%, like 300 and... 40 miles like that on there thing, and my journey yeah, so 220 miles there 220 miles back um, when the car got dropped off it was left with 95% charge uh, and I have <laughs> charges at my new house or, oh yeah you know it's a development so I was like great perfect I'll just leave it overnight then I'll leave in the morning plug it in perfect. 100% I should be able to get there in one go and there was a charging point at my meeting so that's a like, great um, what I didn't realise and this is just purely my fault is the charging point is owned by my landlord and I have to sign up to BP Pulse, which takes a week to activate. Right. I have to get a direct debit set up with BP Pulse. They then send out a card to me. that They said, yeah, seven to 10 days was their estimate for that process. Right. Which I then speak to the landlord, the managing agent, tell them that I want to be added to the account, which they then go back to BP Pulse and say, we'd like to add this person to the account at which point I get activated, at which point then I can charge. The whole process I was told by BP Pulse would take about 12 to 14 days. That's working days as well, by the way. So that's three weeks. I was like, I got the car for four days. So bit of a fail on that side. I was like, okay, so I can't charge at home. So I was immediately like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Like I'm, this is, because I think that's the feedback we've been getting, or at least maybe some of the uh, assumptions or what's called the, summaries that we've made recently is electric cars make sense if you can charge them at home.
3: Yeah, oh, they make more sense. Yes, I make don't more think they sense. make complete sense, full stop, but they just make a bit more sense for sure.
2: So I was like, oh. anyway, I thought I'm not going to get stressed. I'll set off in the morning, see how I get on. I will immediately come out and say, I had a fantastic experience with this car. Brilliant. It is, it's a joy. It is so overly... Spectral, overly full of tech yeah it's like terrifying right. it's actually distracting the first hour in the car i must have nearly rear-ended people crashed into a telephone post had a head on with a bus because of the amount of toys and things going on right. lights illuminating up the side things bonging uh, screens moving i mean it was just like so overwhelming but once I settled into that and got the car set up how I wanted it, I was like, this is lovely. As you would expect from an executive Mercedes saloon car. Yeah. I'm sure if I got into a brand new S-class, super premium luxe line, I'd be just as impressed. Right. It was just lovely. Yeah. You know, Radar guided cruise control, steering assist, some level of, you know, automated driving. <laughs> now, it was It was very yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah. But more impressive was as I left the house, I think my range read, oh, I need to check the footage now. I think my range read 273 miles and I had 220 miles to go. Every other electric vehicle experience I've had, the minute I start driving, that range depletes immediately. The Mercedes grew. I would have happily and easily made it to my meeting with Seventy miles spare in range. Good, breezy. I was, and that was rush hour traffic, motorway driving at the speed limit. Um, uh, But you know, like, like I was, I had massage seat on. I had the music on. I was playing with all the functions. It was, I was full. I did not hold back. Absolutely glorious. But because I was filming. I wanted to stop on the way to do a bit of a charge because I didn't know what the charge point of the meeting was going to be like. I wanted to top up, wanted to talk about it. And I also needed to do some work. So I thought I could use an hour to just do some work on my laptop, film some bit about charging. It'll be perfect. Pulled into the first service station on the M1. Uh, All of the charging points had red and white tape around it, not in use. Broken. Great. Is that Tollington or a bit further? I don't even know where it was. I mean, who... All done. So I was like, right, better crack on. So the next place is 20 miles down the road. So I'm driving, pulling into that one. There's two uh, big charging banks uh, and there's two other cars. There was an, an e-tron, Audi e-tron and maybe an iPace or something like that already parked in the spot. So I parked up next to one of the banks. And as I got out, the guy went, oh, that one's not working. So there's only one of them working and I'm in a queue and he's already, I was like, oh, God. I'm not waiting here for an hour. Well, then I saw next to the big banks, there were some just generic plugins, like almost like home plugins, like real slow trickle things. And I thought, well, I actually don't need the charge. I'm just filming. So why not go and plug into those? So I filmed a segment, took me two seconds, took out my own cable. If you don't have your own cable, you couldn't have done it, but I had my own cable on the back. Plugged in, really easy, tapped a card, bish, bash, bosh. I was up and running and charging in no time at all. I was like, great. But it was only at seven kilowatts. So I think it read like three hours to charge from what must have been 55% back up to 80 or 100. Yep. So I was like, fine, it doesn't matter. I'm not here for charge. Let me just do do some work. As I rolled out, the guy in the Audi was still charging, the guy who was waiting behind the IPace, So he was having a nightmare. He was on the fast charger. So I was there for an hour and he was doing so. So I was like, I'm still feeling a bit apprehensive and nervous about this infrastructure, but the car, fantastic. Right. Get to the meeting, plug it in, uh, two-hour meeting, come out barely any charge because it was on a seven kilowatt. So again, I was at 55% like that and had to get back down to London. So I knew I had to charge again. Off I go. i got some country roads back to the motorway. Why so, didn't, why didn't you charge at your meeting? I did charge at the meeting, but it was a very slow charger. Right. So two hours, I only gained 20 or 30%. So I was still at half charge and I needed more. My range was 170 miles. And my journey was 223. So right. I knew I needed to charge more. Right. So, so yeah, when, when some country lanes switched it into sport mode. Brilliant. Car sort of still huge, great lumping, great thing, but felt fun and instant talk. And they've done AMG bits. There's a silly sound inside. And, you know, but it was nice. I was like, cool, great. Like fun enough for me to blitz on. Uh, So I dumbled Google maps, electric car charging points. One shows at five miles away. So I go, cool. I'm just going to go with the flow here. One's five miles away. That's where I'll head. (laughs) Drive. Turns out to be a bank of uh, high speed chargers. Brilliant. One free. Pull straight in. Plug in, immediately 140 kilowatts. I'm like, fantastic. It says Perfect. 12 minutes to 80% or 35 minutes to 100%. So I think I don't want to stop again. I want to get home. either This time my ETA was like 8.30, so I just go 100%. I sit there. I'm there for 35 minutes. I do some work, head off, drive home, bish, bash, bosh. Lovely day. Uh, this morning, charged up again. Took me an hour to charge at a local fuel station, uh, up to 100%. And I've just been potting around and came into here. The car's lovely. Brilliant. But. well,
3: I mean, in that four or five minute segment that you was talking then, there were so many buts in that. But I'm glad you're going to say but, because if you weren't going to say but, I was going to say but.
2: (laughs) So, carry on. So, firstly, I added an hour and a half to my journey yesterday. That was the first thing. So, what was an eight-hour round trip? At at least. uh, No, no, I, I... Timed, calculated, 35 minutes at the first stop, an hour at the next. Okay, fine. So an hour and a half to my to my uh, my journey time. So that was a ball. I didn't have range anxiety, I have to say, because I lucked out with the charge on the way back. I didn't have range anxiety. And because the Merc's range was so good, uh, it wasn't suddenly randomly depleting. I-, I left the services on the way home <laughs> with whatever, like 80 miles buffer between my destination and the range, and I got home with 96 miles left in range. So that is fantastic, and that was reassuring. It means it's accurate, at least. But this morning, my charge, from very, very short to whatever, and I screenshot this, I took a photo. Hold on a sec, I want to get this right. Was 82 kilowatts to 93%, took me 56 minutes and 26 seconds cost me 53 pounds and 66 pence. <laughs> Can I just tell you something? <laughs> I,
3: I know it's a different vehicle, but there are other vehicles that, or they're not 160 gram vehicles, but my van is 70 quid to fill up with diesel. There's over 500 miles. Mm-hmm. And I haven't got to sod around, waiting an hour and 40
2: minutes all the while to keep waiting for it to charge up so here's my summary with this car right brilliant car fantastic car should be for 160 grand well done mercedes brilliant but they do still make the s-class you asked that question earlier yeah and they make the s-class for 60 grand less okay so you can start 93 grand i think it starts in yeah yeah so you're paying 60 grand for more inconvenience firstly so so you can get a combustion engine S class for less which I'm sure and I don't know for certain but I'm sure has just as much impressive tech. I'm sure is just as nice. Well it 100%
3: to drive. will have the tech because that's the benchmark S class and if you buy the diesel one you would have comfortably have gone up there and back on a tank of diesel in a diesel
2: S class for sure mate. So you would save time in the combustion engine car. You'd save money at, at you know Point to purchase. So what you're what you're saying there, you definitely save money on fuel. And save money on fuel. Yeah. Now we have to look at the AMG angle because this is an EQS AMG. Uh, there isn't an AMG S class at the moment, but there is the Maybach. So if you want to get the Maybach, it's got the V12 in it. Um, that is more expensive than the EQS. I think they start 170 odd grand. Different level of car though. That
3: well way back is to it?
2: The,
1: well, Why? I would say so.
2: Why?
3: Well, I would say, like you just said an an S class. Isn't a Maybach. A Maybach is another level up in terms of, in terms of level of car. You know, that, that Maybach would compete with a Rolls. The yes. S-Class completes, that
2: EQS completes with an S-Class, a different level of car, mate. But I do think this EQS, because of the way they've purposefully built it to be special and futuristic, is a level beyond an S-Class. It, you sit in this thing and it feels like you're in a flying spaceship. The screen is ginormous, stretches across the entire car. There's incredible lights. The, I say the tech is fantastic. It's too much, but it's yeah. fantastic. Super aggressive, rear wheel steer, and the car is always 14 steps ahead of you. Yeah, but so, it should
3: be, mate. It's over 50% more than the equivalent pe-
2: petrol car to buy
3: So, I so start I'd,
2: with. I don't think there's a straightforward comparison to make, but the reason that I want to talk about this, is that it brings us onto the question, the wider question about price of EVs. Because not only... Okay, so there's not a direct comparison, but not only is it more expensive than the combustion engine equivalent, theoretically, but we also know from a lot of research that actually, even if you're saying, well, yeah, but it's worth it because I want to go greener and, you know, I want to make this switch and I want to make this change. (laughs) Actually... To create the EQS is emits more carbon for the first 100,000 kilometres than buying a 500 mile or brand new on the four core S class. Correct. And potentially, at least in the UK at the moment, to charge it is not a green solution because I think recent stats we've had 60 65% gas usage to create electricity in this country. Correct. So. My my sort of, I'm in this weird conundrum where I'm like, the car is brilliant. The car is fantastic. So I really like be. the car. So it should be. I think it's ugly as hell. Right. I think it's, it's way too big. I can't fit in any car park spaces in London. Okay. It's just
3: over, it's way too big. There's a lot of cars though nowadays, mate, because the parking spaces in London are 80 years old and cars sure. have changed. So, you know, the car park, the car park spaces in London for Range Rovers are too small. Do, do you know what I mean? So you can't really, can't really go in it on that everything else everything else you've said one you're absolutely right and and two in what world are you in to want to buy one because we've just given
2: you eight or 10 reasons why not to well what okay so let's try and play devil devil's advocate why would you because the world is telling you that's the greener, cleaner thing to do. That's the that's the agenda. At the moment here in the UK and in London, we've got protesters every day stopping yeah. traffic, you know, blocking roads, to say we've gotta stop, you know, stop oil and, and we've gotta, you know, I am sure part of the agenda is to go electric.
3: Yeah. Um, the world fifteen years ago told
2: us to go out and buy diesels. We all know what happened there. Well, so this is the thing. So so I'm just trying to play devil's advocate as to why would you go and buy one? Because you're sort of being told you need to. But it does seem a little bit crazy because, okay, there's not an AMG S-Class equivalent and the Maybach is more expensive. So if you want a sort of performance super saloon or, or super lux saloon for Merck, that's kind of your only option. But I still think a really highly specced combustion engine S-Class is going to be cheaper, probably offer you just as much in terms of tech and gizmos and kit. And actually, well, especially if you're buying one already here rather than ordering one from factory as in one that's already on the ground.
3: The thing is, mate, I get that it's dynamically good and what it does this, and it's got all the tech and it's very good. But firstly, how fast do you want to go in a big executive saloon car? It's not what it's about. It's all about luxury, Mm -hmm. firstly, to which point just buy a Range Rover. Because if you want luxury, and, and actually, if you look at the world in the last ten years, they don't sell anywhere near as many of their S classes as they used to ten years ago. Because the chauffeurs always used use them, but they don't use them anymore. They always use Range Rovers mm. now. Because if you want to waft around in something comfortable and big, that's what you have. And and it, it, it's it's more of a it's a utility vehicle other than just really good at chauffeuring someone around. So it, it does miles more things than, than an S-class. So I... Listen, they are still miles away, as we know. We point it out all the time. I'm glad that you've had that experience because you can't... You No one can go in on you and say you're talking bollocks because... You've had the experience. You're living with it now. And I'll tell you another thing, mate. You, we, both of us, we live with electric cars for a very short period of time. Sure. Imagine doing that for two years, what you're doing, having to, because the miles that you do, after a month you think,
4: flipping out. what have I done here? Well, I mean, and to flip it on its head a bit, you know,
1: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
4: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Because this is the thing is, is even if you're motivated, you think you're making the right choice by going electric. And as I, I don't want to completely slam it entirely because... It's that tough conundrum where, like, the car is fantastic. The cars are getting better and better. Yeah. But the fundamentals, the, the infrastructure, and the idea of electrics for that kind of car, to me, don't make sense. I'm just looking right now. Mercedes do an S580 EL saloon, the plug-in hybrid, long wheelbase S-Class. You get 65 miles of all-electric range. Lovely. It's going to be most people's commute. Charge in approximately 20 minutes. And you get a business benefit in kind tax rate. So not a lot of reason why people, you know, go electric, at least from a business point of view. Mm. Fully kitted out, all the kit, all the bits you want, super like AMG line, premium, executive, plus, blah, blah. And on the road price for the top spec car is 121 grand. So you're still 20, 25 grand less from a starting price. 160, you're 40 grand. Sorry, thank you. 40 grand less than the electric equivalent. And you're still contributing towards reducing climate change. Still getting all the better. So this is the problem. And this is what frustrates me, is that the cars are getting better. There's this global agenda of let's go electric, yet manufacturers are making it harder than ever to get into because the pricing is extreme. And the actual infrastructure can still be incredibly difficult in this country. And it is actually not fundamentally green. (laughs) And...
3: and and when you live in an apartment and you want to charge the flipping thing up, you can't because what? you've got to register and sod around for two weeks. Which is my own fault and I should have set that up. I but should, why you know. Do, why, but why, why, why have you got to set it up, mate? Why can't you just put a card and plug it in and there you go like you can in a petrol station fair
2: fair and i made the point to you that if my mum had bought a new apartment block and she saw she got an electric charger and it was in the lease and a part of the agreement like why you got electric charging of great course. she goes cool i'm gonna go buy an electric car now and got home she's then got two or three weeks going having to drive to the local petrol station so um and i'll tell you another thing just quickly on that
3: 83 percent of the buying market are clueless yeah they don't they don't, they don't know what they don't know what car mm. they want. All they know is that they want a car. We spoke about this before a long, long, long time ago. 13% know. That's us. We know what we want. We know what's what. We're That You don't have to be a Petrowed to know what's what, but it's a tiny percentage. So the 83% are just guided by a salesman in a showroom. Well, flipping out half the time, they don't know what they're doing. So, you know, it's like the blind leading the blind. So... It is, if you go to
2: Gravelwood, especially.
3: Yeah, (laughs) it is this month. Your your poor mum is is being guided by someone at a dealership that's paid commission to sell a product that often don't really want to sell, and she don't know any other wiser. So she gets roped into this car, because the government on the news, the government are saying to her, buy electric car, because that's the right thing to do. She is... um, just doing what she's told, which is fair enough. Well done. So I think she's saving the
2: planet, but she's not saving the planet at all. She's making it worse. Well, yeah, I mean, th- th- this is this is exactly it. And I think, you know, we we have become renowned EV bashers. And I, and I don't I mean, it's with reason. You know, we're not here just as Hang like on dinosaurs or or refusing to accept change. Yeah we are trying our best to investigate to learn to educate ourselves and to experience what's going on and that's why I wanted to arrange this eqs launch because I, I i do think the products are getting better and better and better of course but the fundamentals behind it the ideology and practicality and everything it, is getting worse yeah and my big thing at the moment is actually cost is the cost of the product because okay let's get rid of things like stupid big S-class and people will say, well, you're not supposed to do big long trips, you know, they're great for the daily commute. Well, then why are you paying 160 grand? But secondly, let's say you wanted just a small city car in a city, which I think is great. I understand electric vehicles within the city, but still, cost-wise, in this country... You nearly double the money to the It's equivalent. nearly double the yeah. money. And... You know, there's a lot of people out there, and especially as we're going through this crazy time in the global economy and a UK cost of living crisis, etc, where people might need or want a car for less than 10 grand, or less than five grand, heck for a few hundred quid. And I made the point in a recent video, which is what I now want to move on to, take Ivan the Volvo, you could go out and probably spend five grand on an old Volvo in this country with, Ninety thousand miles on the clock. Spend a grand if you wanted, as I did. Yeah. Put another a hundred thousand miles on the clock yeah. with very little maintenance required. Even if you're well skilled, maintenance you can do on the driveway yourself. Absolutely. Fuel it up with diesel or and get five hundred miles a tank, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and do all of that. Uh, I say fairly affordable. If you want an equivalent family vehicle, let's say that's how you're moving your family around. The cheapest in the UK is electric, thirty-five grand. Yeah. I, I,
3: I genuinely know people that that's what they do. Mm. They'll buy a grand, two grand car. Some of them, by the way, I got more money than God. Sure. As in, as in they can buy whatever they want, but they, they're, they're just happy driving around in they're not interested. They, they dress like in really casual.
2: Not car. Balenciaga.
3: No, they're not. They're, they're, <laughs> they're literally not interested, mate. Sure. But, so, and and they, and they just, they, it's literally used as a tool. They drive it until it blows up. When it blows up, they just leave it and
2: go and get another one. But, I mean,
3: that's, a,
1: that's
2: an aggressively rich thing to do. But it's not as <laughs> 1,500 sums up, quid. Sums up your friends. No, no, no. No, no, but my, hold on a sec. <laughs> what about the people, mate, who for 1,500 quid is a ton of cash? What Correct. about the parts of the world where, you know, we're talking, we're, we're sitting in a first world, country. you know, we're, in a high net worth country. You Absolutely. Know? A- and there are parts of this country, but also many countries around the world where you need to be able to buy cars for 500, 600 quid. Heck, what about first cars, right? Well, you know, it, I was spoiled growing up. You know, my parents said, okay, cool, you got a couple of grand, like go and find yourself a car. Unbelievable. But no matter what, like buying first cars, it's matters of hundreds of quid. It's yeah, cheap. Yeah. Fi- Mine were you can't go and buy a cheap, fun electric car, like, for your first car. Like, it's not a thing, even a Fiat 500e. Um, so that's my big bugbear. So, look, let You can't say to us that
3: in 15 years' time you will be able to because they've they've loosely been out nearly
2: 15 years now and they're still expensive. Well, and also that brings us on to the whole question, which is maybe a debate that I want to move on from for a second, which is, yeah, battery life, battery longevity, yeah. running all of that side of things. So, you know, an eight to 10-year-old electric vehicle, we're still not entirely sure exactly what that looks like. Well, I can tell you what it's like. <laughs> because um,
3: I know someone that runs a Nissan Leaf, which has had it, had it. Dead. Does 40 miles to a charge. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, so, look, rather than just being bashers, EV bashers, which we, we, we really are not trying to be. Yes, we we're are. Just, no, you are. Ah. We're trying to speak from experience. Well, it doesn't mind. That's why. And, uh, well, yeah, exactly. What, what we're feeling, you know, and there'll be plenty of people out there who like to fly the flag and will come and tell us as to why it's fantastic. But this is, you know, what we're saying. Bravo you as well. Well done. So let's move on to the video that I just released and what is something that we've been talking about for a while, which <laughs> I think makes way more sense. Which Is synthetic fuels? Oh, going through topics we couldn't count down today. What's going We're on? We're not, now? we just spoke on that for 25 minutes, right? So <laughs> you didn't realize.
3: Was it 25 minutes? It was 25. Well, you minutes. spoke, I just agreed. <laughs> yeah, oh, So I can't get word in edgeways, this bloke. Synthetic fuels. Do oh, you yeah. want to talk about synth- You want to start with synthetic fuels? No, no, because you're much more educated than me in general, and uh, you wouldn't believe it though. <laughs> uh, and uh, you are well received. In synthetic
2: fuel. So you go first and I shall input. Please, I would like lots of your input. So yes, uh, hopefully you might have seen on the main channel now, a video that's gone live that I filmed with P1 Performance Fuels, who are a synthetic fuel company. And we filled up the 360 with synthetic fuels. And it got home. And it got home. Brilliant, mate. Um, But like, genuinely have not noticed a difference from the day that I put the fuel in until, to like, car, app sort of almost depressingly exactly normal. Like, like nothing was different. I was kind of waiting and I wanted something to happen. For a misfire. Or just for something. Some, yeah. or like, you know, to feel quicker or just like, anyway, but nothing happened. Right. So yeah, just to touch on synthetic fuels for a second, there's a load of different companies doing synthetic fuels. There's lots of different ways to create synthetic fuels. Uh, P1, for example, they have a combination of biomass fuels and e-fuels. So some are created via electrolysis with hydrogen and things like that. And the other is from uh, food waste or, or crop waste and things like that. Bi- bio waste, essentially. Fair.
3: And for people that don't know, synthetic fuel is not carbon zero. It's neutral,
2: right? Yes, carbon neutral. Right. Yeah, So it recycles carbon in the atmosphere. Correct. So, so it doesn't emit any more, basically. Yeah, it's fossil free fuel. So the product is exactly the same as what you get at the pump today. It's just not created using fossil fuels, but the output is the same. So it's E5 or uh, he gave a funny code for EU. We got him in here, mate. No, he's coming on. He's coming on. So yeah, exactly. We get the pump, but yeah, created using non fossil fuels. Um, and that's exactly it. It recycles the carbon. So Let's pretend in a world where there's 1.6 billion combustion engine vehicles currently around the world. Uh, I, mean, they, I haven't counted them all, but. I think uh, I'm quoting a stat that Benjamin from P1 gave me. Has um, he counted them? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the, if we swap them all today, we would stop emissions, carbon emissions from combustion engine vehicles. Right. We wouldn't reduce, but we would stop. It's just recycling the carbon once again. Right. Now I did ask the question about, well, surely it depends on what vehicle, because my three sixty will emit more carbon into the atmosphere than a one liter Volkswagen Polo. He did have an answer, which I now can't remember. Let me see if I can bring it up. Um, because I, I suddenly thought, you know, well, uh, how can you always ensure that you are neutral? So uh, he said of course the more fuel you burn the more CO2, but you never pollute more CO2 than you first captured and stored in the fuel. So it's always neutral due to the fact that you that now I, I think I want to dive in a bit more on that because for sure the older the car, the more CO2 you're emitting. And so his claim is that we are we are Well that's the engine, not the fuel, mate.
3: Yes, good point. So if the fuel if the fuel is if the formula in the fuel is the same, it, it won't matter what, what what it's going into.
2: Yeah, that, that was the point thing he's trying to make, that you're capturing so much carbon to put into the fuel Correct. that the emissions are always always less yeah. than what goes in. What comes out is always less than what goes yeah. in. Um, but anyway, w- worth examining. Um, but yeah, super fascinating. And the, f- the sort of fundamental part of it is, as I say, we can't expect everyone in the world to suddenly switch to EV. Like we've just been saying, cost is an issue logistics are an issue, charging is an issue, access is an issue, all of these different reasons. Well, it's are- not, not possible in
3: parts of this country alone. And we're a wealthy country, let alone parts of the world that are nowhere near as wealthy as us. It's just not possible, mate. It's as simple as that. So to
2: sit here as government or or anywhere and say, you all have to go electric. If you want a car, you have to go electric. We're going to ban combustion engine vehicles. You've got to go electric, It's the only answer. When not only is cost an issue, but we now know that for the first 100,000 kilometres, that electric vehicle actually emits more or produces more carbon uh, because of the manufacturing process than a combustion engine car. So why isn't there a huge shift or focus on synthetic fuels, which not only could make all combustion engine cars on the road carbon neutral today, but could make planes and ships, cargo ships, boats, like any combustion engine vehicle that is emitting carbon it, adding carbon to the atmosphere that could stop yeah and uh by the way we still got the infrastructure there because that fuel could just go in the fuel tanks that we've already got so literally petrol stations just exist as they are now yeah. to swap them out yeah and p1 are plan up they're already doing wrc so this year wrc has exclusively used them so they're are they yeah carbon neutral and Wild valley cross and i think also uh sorry, World Rally Cars, and I think also World Rally Cross. They're doing a few different motorsport pieces, because mm. obviously that's a good R&D test bed. But I was just sitting there, and we did this video, and I was just like, why isn't this what everyone's talking about? Like, why, why aren't governments or, or global campaigners, sorry, um, climate change campaigners, trying to push this narrative? Money, probably. I'm sure money, but it's not cheap at the moment. They're six euros a liter currently for synthetic fuel, um, and that will reduce as they scale up. But it's—I mean, I guess, yeah. Shell, BP—they'll already be on it. We spoke about this before. They'll already be on it, yeah. but but is there a money incentive from them? Because if they're pushing back against it, but they're not going to want EVs any more than they're going to want synthetic fuels. Well, some of them do because if you if you look
3: if you look what they're what they're advertising is that especially. Um, I think it is Shell actually. They're, they're really, really going heavily towards. Well, the Shell their, recharge yeah, network. Yeah, the they're it. really. They're, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, not just Shell, but maybe it becomes a little bit embarrassing, not just for the companies, but for the governments and say next year, oh, actually, you know, we said go and buy all them electric cars. Don't do that anymore because now we've found a fuel. We spent all these billions and billions of pounds in infrastructure. Don't do that anymore stay as you are, stay in petrol combustion cars because we've developed a fuel that's going to save us all. I think that as a conspiracy, that is part of it, mate, because there'll be someone at the top is bit red-faced now. Yeah. But if you want to stop it now, now, today, and not admit any more, that's the way forward. As we've said for
2: a period of time now. And this is the thing... And. There's multiple options, right? Like, I'm not saying that that's the only solution. I think electric vehicles have their place in some situations. Definitely, you know, in in, in major cities and things like that. And hydrogen, we've touched on hydrogen before, hydrogen combustion, hydrogen fuel cells. And there'll be other genius ideas. But just purely of the fact that we are in a situation where there are already on the road billions or hundreds of millions combustion engine cars, that literally could could neutralize their emissions today. Yeah. And instead we're following this narrative or promoting this narrative of actually let's let's create more carbon, let's add more carbon to the atmosphere by pushing you all to go electric.
3: And I'll tell you another thing, because of the amount of combustion cars, because have been around for so long, a lot of people just think in 2035 or 2040, whenever this finally comes around, they just think that these combustion cars are going to disappear and they're all just going to be replaced by electric cars, they'll still be around in our lifetime, mate, combustion cars. Because I know it's a little bit of a silly analogy, but look at horses. Mm. Mm. They're still greatly around. A hundred years ago, they were pulling us around in carts. So, um... (laughs) You you can't get rid of something that's of a mass. <laughs> Definitely can't get rid of, of horses. F- no, no, yeah. but you you know, no, like in know general, you choice. can't. You
2: cannot kill the horses. We don't need them. <laughs> kill every, kill everything. <laughs>
3: yeah. You can't get rid of 1.6 billion cars. Yeah. Most of them have a fifth, depending on what country you're in, I guess. A 15 or 20 year cycle. Most modern cars, they're about fifth and then they die, roughly. But there's still a lot of cars in different parts of the world that are 40 and 50 years old,
2: they're still roaming around completely fine. Uh, exactly that. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, a big thing that I was asking uh, Benjamin from P1 about was, you know, they still require electricity. For some, for some of their processes, they still require electricity. And therefore, to be truly carbon neutral it needs to be green electricity, which is where they're currently at. But that's at their sort of demo plant to really scale up. And, and you know, they're, they're not the only company. That's the important thing to say. They're not the only company doing this. But for any of these people who need electrolys, electrolysis, um, they'll need that green electricity. But if you were to go and create a solar farm in the Sahara Desert or a wind farm in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or whatever it might be, to then transfer that electricity around the world is much harder than building a fuel plant next to that solar or wind farm or whatever and making it fuel and then transporting the fuel around the world. Yeah. So it's much more realistic to be able to generate and use green electricity in the process of creating synthetic fuel than it is claiming that we're going to all be able to rely on electricity as a, as a uh, what's it called, um, not nation, as a humanity, as a, as a whatever. You know, for the whole world to suddenly go electric when it comes to cars. No see, chance. Yeah, seems massively unrealistic. So... I said it in the main channel video. I think it's our responsibility as car enthusiasts to really start spreading the word about this and pushing the agenda for synthetic fuels. Yeah, And it doesn't have to be P1 unless they start paying me. Hello, Benjamin. <laughs> um, uh, there are other options. I think Paddy Lowe from F1 is doing cool stuff. We know Porsche trying to put big money in, down in Chile, Chile, Chile. And that's because again, they can create green electricity there because mm. of, the, of the climate. Oh, yeah. um, but be- because we're the people, right, who have influence within car buying decisions. Yeah, yeah, which is scary in that when
3: you think about it like that. The you know what else will maybe swing it a little bit more as well is is uh, when motorsport are heavily fueled by it as well. And I'm not just talking about F1. F1 will play a really big part because it's a it's a well sport recognised, but, but other series as well. You know, we've seen that what a disaster, what's that, e-racing? What's that? Formula E. Formula E. What a disaster that is. So that's not working. So, what will work is this, you know, all these other championships around the world, they all start using the same fuel and then it it will filter down. Not just F1, but F1 will play the biggest part. Of course, it's the biggest motorsport, but um, they all need to do it, basically.
2: Yeah, I think it's just in general, uh, but, but, even that's an enthusiastic community, right? You know, people who watch F1 are into their cars, you know. And because, I said it in the video, how many times do you have friends, partners, family members that call you up saying, oh, I'm thinking about buying a car, should I get this or should I get that, and asking for your advice? Oh, mate, you can't believe over the last couple of years the people that have, have spoke to,
3: these people know nothing about cars. Should I buy an electric car yet? How many times have I had that? The, 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 it's all same. go green and boy, should buy an electric car. And I always say to everyone I speak to, buy an electric car when you have to. When there is literally no other form of transport, that's when you buy an electric
2: car. But that's why I think we should, as a group of people, be, be pushing for other options. As yeah. I say, you know, not only to keep the cars that we love on the road, like my 360, um, but also to create possibilities and options for people who can't afford to change their car or can only afford to get into cheaper cars or whatever it might be that logistically can't run an electric car, whatever it might be, but also want to help stop carbon emissions today. Yeah, And if we're all here advising our friends and making noise about it and increasing that discussion point, it's going to become on the more um, it's, people, more people are going to talk about it. And the more the people that talk about it, the more attention that's going to come towards it. Well, we need it. to get on BBC News, mate. Yeah! <laughs>
3: Can we get on there? Can you imagine you on BBC? <laughs> oh my God. They'd
2: have to edit you out.
1: Go in on Fiona. That would Bruce. be awful. We'd
3: literally.
2: Oh God, we'd, we'd be sued immediately. This podcast would be. What would we, we'd get cancelled. We'd get cancelled immediately. Those eco protesters would come, they'd set fire to the studio. Uh, um, but yeah, look, uh, you know, it's been a bit of a ranty episode, especially from my side. I'm sorry, Tony, because I have monologued at you for the last 40 minutes, and I apologise for that. But I've had these two really stark contrasting experiences in the last two weeks from a great electric product that's overpriced and not particularly green to synthetic fuel that could save my 360 for the next 40 years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had to kind of just yeah, yeah. <laughs> spiel. But, I mean, I'm not exactly preaching. I'm preaching to the converted because I, I, mean, I didn't have to convince you really much of this. No, but not, not at all. Not at all. But what do you realistically <laughs> think is going to happen? You know, we're at this weird crux point where we're hearing more and more manufacturers might be going back on their kind of commitment to electric. Some countries are also trying to go back on it. Well, that's definitely happened. I mean, there's
3: manufacturers that, that sign the 2030 or the 20, 2035 commitment. They've got the, they're have got they not doing it. Backpedalling. They're backpedalling. And there's countries as well. Same thing, the 2035 commitment. And how many times have we said it on here, mate, that it would be doubtful that we'll get to 2035 and there'll be no combustion engines because they. it's been around, electric cars have been around now for 10 years, more than that. But, you know, they've really, over the last 10 years, they've really accelerated it. Judging by your experience over the last few days and what you're having now, we're no further forward. Well, in terms of
2: infrastructure yeah. and uh, green credentials yeah. the and products be- are getting better and better and better of course they should be but the problem is you're, you're, you're trying to
3: replace a, a, a product that's perfect that's taken a hundred years to get it like that by the way mm-hmm. so the combustion engine yes mm-hmm. it's a perfect product and there's a perfect solution to filling it up and keeping it running the only thing that isn't perfect is what goes in the car of course but there's lots of other aspects that we know that a lot of people won't know of the the emissions and what emits CO two building an electric car. We we know. You've just said. And people don't often understand that. They just think, oh you're great, we're buying an electric car. They don't get that bit in the middle where the first hundred thousand kilometers you're you're emitting more emitting more so actually the first bloke that goes out and buys an electric car that really thinks he's
2: saving the world he's making it worse Mm. and I'd be interested to see what that stat is if the combustion engine car was fueled with carbon neutral fuel from day one yeah uh, of how long it would take because an electric vehicle is carbon zero obviously once it's on the road so but a carbon neutral car from day one so do you see what I mean? Like, I'd be interested to see that stat. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. But, but, well, if if obviously all you've got from a combustion car, if it's got carbon neutral fuel, is the the, the building of it.
2: Mm. That's what yeah, it the emit, manufacturing, the manufacture, which supposedly is less. is less than an electric vehicle. Well, it will be less. Yeah, that, which was the because Volvo research, the, wasn't it? Yeah.
3: Not just that, mate. It's that we know about the the mining of batteries and trying mm. to get the the um, the plates and the, the I don't know the full technical bits, but to actually get that you can't believe how much Mm. tons of co2 it uses to to get that so
2: do we think do we think hybrid is a good bridge if we can get to a point where we have a a carbon neutral fuel uh, fueling the combustion engine and then a a hybrid component today today today, like oh just in general in general i mean maybe that's a because you know I see where electricity can help and can aid and can be part of it. And especially, you know, sitting in a traffic jam and stuff like that. I get it. But full electric, I still just can't see the scale up. I can't see the scalability of full electric. That's my problem.
3: I agree. And we haven't even touched on the emotion part. So Mm -hmm. we're talking about everyday stuff. We haven't even touched on Porsche, Lamborghini, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ferraris, McLarens, Aston Martins, AMGs. AMG Proper AMGs. Yeah, well, that,
2: that's what I mean. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an AMG product, but it's it's not an AMG. It's not, it's not a V8. Yeah. That's
3: what I'm saying. So, predominantly, most of the people that buy them cars, they buy it for the emotion and the heart of the car, which is the engine. So, uh, you know, there's a big rethink got to go on there. So, hybrid today, right now, I, I think is a... A happy medium for now. Okay. It and if they can put that fuel in, then actually, technically, it's not it, it. It's not carbon neutral, is it? It's less because when it's running electric. What I would like to know, though, is we know that obviously the the, the making of, of the batteries and the electric emits so many tons of of carbon more than a normal combustion car. I'd like to know the hybrid statistic mm, yeah. on that yes yeah, so. and how how much does that omit? because technically you'd think it would be less but how much less sure do you know what i mean yeah. so then you'd have a better comparison absolutely
2: oh well look, there's so much to still figure out and and to we to could talk about this every single week we mate. really could and, yeah. and as i say you know apologies firstly for the monologues but but secondly to, if we come across like ev bashers um, but yeah, it's 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 just based on our experience. You and know our what learnings. I wonder as well, and I often think about this. And I,
3: I I would be the first to admit if I was wrong about something in general, I will hold my hands up. I, I always say that I am a very rarely wrong, which is true. But but if I am wrong, and proven I'm, wrong, <laughs> then I will hold my hands up and say, right, fair enough, I, I've made a mistake or I'm wrong. I wonder if these EV people are just so blind to the fact that they're so brainwashed that EVs are definitely the way forward or whether they're actually thinking, well, actually, there's a point. It might not be quite as good as they said. Because if you're going on the government, by the way, you can't trust them as far as you can from. <laughs> we're finding that out in this country
2: very quickly. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, in the world, mate, because how many times have they got things wrong mm-hmm. in general? They're just people. They're just people. Everyone can make mistakes, for sure. So, you know, I wonder how many people that were originally converted to EV and they were real pro-EV and, yeah, this is going to save the world. Knowing what they know now, knowing what we know, I wonder if they've converted themselves back or whether they're still blind to the fact that no this
2: is definitely the way forward this is gonna save the world well that's the thing I think I think I would love to know you yeah, please put in the comments below and feel free to tweet us hashtag behind the glass or drop us a DM of where your heads at especially that because I don't think the issue now is with electric cars. I really don't. Okay, fine. Yes, you're right, there's an emotional element as a as a purist or a driving enthusiast that's very hard to replace. But not for eighty three percent of the people that buy cars. Yeah no one cares it, yeah, about Yeah, exactly. So 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 this put Correct. that to a side. I'm just yeah. talking about, you know, the, the products are getting better and better and I'm sure you're very happy if you've got an EV that you can charge at home and you only do 100 miles a day. Like, I'm sure you're very happy because whilst that car, I think the AMG EQS is, is ugly and too big, I've loved spending time with it. I am very, I mean, I very rarely spend as much time as I do in a lone car unless I really enjoy it and, and I'm driving that all the time. So I, I definitely like the car. But are you aware or have you thought about infrastructure? Has it got better better or worse are you finding there are more charging points but they're busier or that the reliability is better and also are you aware of the fact that actually to be in your brand new EV has emitted more carbon that you're on a sort of a, a bit of a catch-up gain with a cheaper more affordable but just as capable uh
3: combustion engine vehicle yeah and let's have a serious conversation in the comments as well not just people that, that you know, they're just going to go in on everyone and, uh, you know, let's have a proper conversation in the comments amongst you all, we'll, you know, calculated conversation about, yeah, you're right. No, this is not right. And back it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't just oh, we're, say, this we're keen, keen, yeah, keen we, we, to we, learn. We're keen to, keen to, I mean, I don't need to learn anything. Yes, you, you do. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> you need to learn. But what I'm saying is, is that I am genuinely interested to know your, Calculated faults. Don't just say to us, "Yeah, you're wrong. You're clueless. Don't know what you're talking about." We
2: know that already. <laughs> um, tell us why. Tell us why. Yeah, why we're we we know we're clueless. But yeah. You know- <laughs> But we're really it to why. everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, look, it's an episode that I've been wanting to do for a while, and uh, and I hope you've found it interesting. Maybe you were switched off twenty minutes ago, so you won't even know. But uh, yeah, let us know. Drop us, drop us a message. Leave a comment, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, and make sure you subscribe because we'll be back next week, and maybe we'll touch on some of the comments that we see. If there's some interesting points that are made. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll pick up on those. So yeah, make sure to uh, to do that. Uh, if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. If you're an uh, EV evangelist, you can go and send them some abuse there. Uh, if you want to come and cancel me, I'm at Seen Through Glass. Uh, you can have a go there. If you want to throw paint over my house or my cars, well, I'm not going to give you those addresses. But I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be happy. Ooh, we'll be I'll come and help you. For <laughs> <laughs> another episode next week. Bye bye. See ya. Flexibility
0: is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too.